0: Hey everyone and welcome to the positive talk podcast with co-hosts julie Homridge and chuck allen they are in season two merging faith and psychology and you picked a great day to join in the conversation at positive talk podcast a licensed therapist and a pastor join voices to help us all discover a more peaceful and purpose-filled life so settle in and join julie and chuck for this week's episode of the positive talk podcast Hi, everybody. It's a great day to find an encouraging and positive word here at the Positive Talk podcast. And I want to thank you for that introduction. It's always so kind. The past few weeks, Julie, we've discussed the topic of change, how we're motivated to change, how to help other folks change, and what stops us from changing. Mm-hmm. Now, this week, we we want to tackle something that is, is akin to it, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, but what do you do when the world around you is seemingly falling apart And it feels like it's way beyond your control and you Mm -hmm. can't change it.
1: Change it, it. yeah. I think we all feel that way a little bit right now, don't we? I mean, if you've caught yourself saying any of these things, it might be time for a reset. Something like it's just all too much. I know I've heard that a lot, I've thought that at times. A hopeless thoughts. It's hopeless. The world's hopeless. Yeah. I'm hopeless. Yeah. Let's just Jesus. He's just come back right now, or whatever. Um, or if you find yourself saying, "I just want this year to be over." I think it's so funny how yeah, yeah. people said that about 2020, and then 2021 came, and they're like, "Okay, now we're done with 2021," and it's yeah. like March. Yeah, you know? we're
0: we're one quarter into 22, and we're still saying that.
1: Yeah, we're like, no, now 2022 yeah. needs to be over. You
0: know, it's 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 so interesting in the world right now. If we started a list of all the weird things in the, in the world right now, mm-hmm. I don't know that we can complete it today.
1: Yeah, that's a lot going on. I mean,
0: you've got international conflict. Mm-hmm. You've got uh, the whole inflation thing.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, you've got the political turmoil. You've got racial turmoil. You've yeah. got crime. You've got uh, still COVID. Yep. You know, I mean, Nothing we, we could completely. just keep listing over and over, not to mention before you get to all of the things that trickle down through that, mm-hmm. including incredibly huge changes in adolescent anxiety. And yeah. uh, I, I mean, what, it doesn't take long to figure out, it, just watch television on whatever your choice is mm-hmm. and see parents and school board members just going crazy.
1: Oh, they're getting the yeah. gloves out. I
0: mean, like, I'm going to try to avoid that one.
1: Yeah, you know me too.
0: <laughs> But I mean, it's everywhere. But as Jesus says, you know, in this world, you will have trouble, but take heart, I've overcome the world. Yeah. Well, you know, if you take a minute and you ask yourself, what is owning your attention right now? Yeah. To me this is like a big deal. Mm-hmm. So I have people that'll show up in my office, they're just angry, right, Julie, you know, and, and it's not because of a well maybe it is because they're on a particular side. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we love to have a villain and therefore we have a right to get angry, I think. Yeah. But when you start And stop
1: the villain's and st- never us, right? no, it's never, never a part it could of never us. be
0: me. No, no, <laughs> yeah. no. But to ask somebody, so what is it that owns your attention? right now? Uh Is it the notifications on your phone? Is it social media? Is it your choice of news outlets? Um, I mean, you, you may find that that this is difficult to identify. I see people who are like, I don't, I don't really know how to identify what's gaining my attention. And part of what I'll have to say is, well, let me ask you this. If you scoped out your 24 hours and you took, say you sleep seven, you work eight, et cetera, then how do you spend the rest of your time? Mm -hmm. And then you, you'll E- eventually figure out what is it that owns your attention, right, and right. of course recent statistics would say our phones own mm-hmm. our attention, mm-hmm. therefore social media owns so much of our attention, but we we don 't have to battle within ourselves to be perfect in this in this weird, difficult days that we live in. I just think it 's good to remind all of us that while we don 't have control of many of the things outside of our mind, we do have some control over things like notification settings, news sources, social media posts, entertainment, and where our mind spends time and gathers the data that we take in. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, the old saying, you know, junk in, junk out, is, mm-hmm. it's never been more true because there's so much junk. Yeah. But choosing where you focus your attention can help reduce stress, comparison, Mm -hmm. anxious thoughts, and help you feel more in control of the roller coaster of life that we can feel literally just in a 24-7 news cycle or social media highlight reel.
1: Yeah. And you know these things, they have their place, but when it becomes uh, almost like an obsessive focus, that's when I think it's time for us to recognize, hey, this isn't serving us well anymore. It's actually overwhelming us.
0: Yeah. Some of the things that I see people taking like social media fasts from Mm -hmm. are Mm -hmm. so healthy. Yeah. It's more than okay to take a break, to choose reliable sources and focus more on our inner work and home than the world within our smartphone or external waves of media. I mean, you, your personal piece is worth it.
1: Yeah, I love how you distinguished that, that there's it's almost like there's two worlds. We get sucked into uh, the, you know the world in our smartphone or the social media yeah. world, and instead we can take a step back and see what's right in front of us. Yeah. So— in essence, Chuck, it sounds to me like you're saying that it's possible to be okay even when the world around us isn't.
0: Yeah, absolutely. More than okay. Absolutely, yes. Like, I fully recognize the tension and affirm its power in our minds. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's not like you can say, oh, just... Disregard it right I mean, that's not that's not it's not real. reality yeah yeah but more than ever we we have to shorten our reach rather than extending it mm. I know that sounds odd but the single best way that we can serve and better the world is to better ourselves yeah. You know, we all recognize the greater anxiety levels in our world, but gaining perspective on our reactions and responses might be the best way to combat its gravitational pull on our emotions.
1: Yeah. Well, I love that once we start with ourselves, then that trickles out into the world around us. Yeah. And from a therapist's perspective, there are a few things that we can do when this sense of generalized anxiety hits us. Mm-hmm. So it starts with how we define this concept of being okay. Like right. I said earlier, you can be okay even if the the world around you isn't. And our anxiety would want to tell us that if things aren't 100% okay in all areas and all realms, then they aren't okay at all. Mm-hmm. And that's just not the case. You know, when we do that, we start fixating on everything that's wrong, and that leads us into a state of overwhelm. Yes. And the truth is, like you said, Chuck, there are a lot of really Horrible, difficult things happening in the world right now, the world at large, Mm -hmm. and within our own smaller spheres of influence. And that is true, and it's valid. And I do just want to pause a moment and acknowledge that to our listeners, it's not in your head if you're feeling a bit of weight on your shoulders these days. Um, I think sometimes just having somebody recognize that the state of the world can cause anxiety um, can help normalize that in a sense. There are a lot of really difficult things happening, and yet at the same time, there are also a lot of wonderful things happening as well. So one doesn't negate the other. But I think the question that we might ask ourselves is how do we focus on the good while still validating that the bad is in fact bad?
0: Well, that is the question at hand. I mean, how do we acknowledge that some pretty bad stuff is active in our world yet settle in our soul what a healthy and appropriate responsible life should look like? Mm -hmm. Because the... Getting that in our mind, and again, it's it's not semantics. It's truly that our mind has the ability to refocus on that which is healthy. Mm -hmm. And so, like in the Bible, Jesus teaches in a different in a different context about a speck in our neighbor's eye and a telephone pole in our own. Mm. And he's speaking about getting our junk in order before we approach or often attack (laughs) someone else about their junk. Yeah. Like a friend of mine used to say, "Don't come clean my toilet until your bathroom's clean."
1: Wow. Right.
0: So, but if if you were to apply the same logic to the great anxiety-inducing problems of our globe, we might act and react differently to the stresses surrounding us. Mm-hmm. Meaning, if, if, if desiring peace in an unstable world seems impossible, start with our own peace, Yeah. both internally and within our closest relationships. Mm-hmm. So when we do that, our communities and our cultures, we, we can become a change agent Not just within ourselves, but those around us.
1: Yeah, I think about, I think, I don't know if it was Gandhi, but we had, one of my sons had a little shirt that had that quote, be the change you wish to see in the world. And and
0: while today it may seem like, you know, a little pithy Mm -hmm. in in that, it's such a bright and brilliant statement.
1: Yeah, it's real.
0: Because if we desire greater hope, seek it within our own soul, so forth and so on, and In other words, we need to learn from the flight attendant's caution to put the oxygen mask on ourselves prior to worrying about our children or others around us. Mm -hmm. But, you know, Julie, we've talked about this uh, so much, but it's just so powerful. Uncertainty can be a trip through ulcer gulch for a Mm -hmm. lot of people. But it can also be a motivator to strengthen our personal convictions and allow us to release some uncertain certainties.
1: Right, Chuck. And, you know, there's going to be uncertainty in life. Forever. Forever. So why not choose to make peace with it instead of fighting against it relentlessly? I love that. yeah. So if we think about um, kind of therapeutic perspectives on this, uh, I just want to share a few things, a few tips that yeah. therapists okay. would recommend um, with tolerating uncertainty in a challenging world. So the first one seems a little simplistic, but I'm going to explain why it's so important, and that is to take care of your body. Right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, seriously, did you know that emotional stress takes a physical toll on the body. So during stressful times, and I forget to do this all the time, pay attention to when your body needs more rest. Right. Or maybe it needs more hydration. Maybe it needs more meaningful movement or just time in nature. You know, Chuck, I used to work as a case manager and a therapist in um, a hospital on an eating disorder hmm. unit. And so, so much of this was about, you know, listening to our bodies. And it's right. amazing how little we actually pause before we choose a meal and determine, hey, what does my body actually want right. and yeah. need in yeah. this yeah. moment, right? What nourishes me? What energizes me? You know, maybe that it's a time where you need comfort from food. That's okay. Food can be medicinal, but it's, also communal, and it can serve as a form mm-hmm. of comfort at times. So today, when you're running around, take a moment and ask yourself what your body needs right now to function at its best.
0: You know, this one is interesting because it's it's more than the it's it's more than the I'm stressed out, so I'm going to grab a donut. Right. Uh, there, there is the ability. I, I really do, I see this in my own life. Like, when the days when I drink plenty of water and mm-hmm, I hydrate, mm-hmm. I am so much better prepared to deal with challenges. Yeah. And it sounds so silly. What does water do? But yet, or, or sleep. Right. You know? <laughs> so All important. of this is the same thing. Yeah. We have the ability to change the nature of how we tolerate the world mm-hmm. based on how we care for ourselves.
1: Based on how we care. Yeah. We, we have to be, like you said, get the oxygen mask on ourselves. First, because stress can't affect us physically, emotionally, relationally, and spiritually. Mm-hmm. So I took a course that was fascinating about how stress actually affects our immune systems. Hmm. So they are actually weakened or strengthened on a biological level by the thoughts that we think um, about. You know how we view our life and the stressors in our life. Wow. So this doesn't mean that we ignore hard things and live under the raw ro- under a rock <laughs> for the sake of you know thinking positive, but it does lead us to the second tip therapists use often when helping clients remember that they can be okay even when the world around them isn't. Mm. And that is to reframe. Have you ever I heard hear of you, people talk about I hear you say this?
0: that a lot. To
1: reframe something. Yeah.
0: And it has, it has captivated me. There are times when... Uh, in my past, I may react a certain way. Mm -hmm. And some of what I've learned, even just chatting with you in a podcast is to stop and reframe because it's really not that hard.
1: Yeah. Well, and when we reframe, then we react differently, right? And it is the most basic of therapeutic interventions that we learn in grad school. But If you've ever sat in a therapist's office and shared with them what felt like to you, just this jumble of word vomit, and then you just hear them repeat it all back to you in this way that's like kind of clear and organized, Mm -hmm. and it makes sense, and it gives you hope, you've just encountered a reframe. That's what a therapist is doing. So I like to conceptualize this technique in just the physical, literal sense when I describe reframing. So I don't know if you have any picture frames in your house, but think about a time that you've put a new frame on a picture. Mm-hmm. I so, just recently did that. Yeah, so the picture insta- inside, it stays the same, mm-hmm. right? But the frame you put on it gives it an entirely different.
0: Yeah, put it in a new place, feel. had a totally different feel, everything was changed.
1: Right, and when you reframe a part of your life, your situation may not change, but you see it with a different perspective.
0: Oh, that's a great look. So,
1: yeah. those of you who've ever seen the difference between a picture without a frame and one with a clearly defined, structured, and beautiful frame around it, you know how visually appealing a new frame right. can make right. a picture. So, what do you think a reframe would look like in one of the topics that you mentioned above?
0: Okay, so let's let's take an easy one. Mm-hmm. All right, and that is uh, road rage. <laughs> So I bet you've never been a road raid person, have you?
1: Actually, I have, but I'm also the person who is like genuinely like I never honk at people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well I don't
0: either. I'm not a honker, right? Yeah. But I will tell you I take great offense when I'm honked at. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: You me know, too. that's a
0: southern thing. Well either. yeah.
1: I'm like, give me a minute.
0: Yeah, like come on, man. It's not like I'm reading my email. Right. You know exactly. But so let's take Road Rage. Yes. So I think I told you this story that a few weeks ago this guy uh pulls up and I mean he is dog cussing me, Julie. I yeah. mean truly like F bombs are flying a out bad the window. Day. Well I wish I could say that everything in me wanted to read scripture to him, right? Mm-hmm. But I really did want to flip him off and dog cuss him. I yeah. just was honestly. Mm-hmm. But I went with, Hey, yo, mm-hmm. has anybody told you today that Jesus loves you? <laughs> yeah. He was so freaked out about it. But Okay, I know that's a dumb example, (laughs) right? But the reframing was do I wanna hold on to all that angst I'm going to hold on to for the next hour? Mm -hmm. Or do I just wanna be able to drive off and not worry about it? Yeah. The reframe for me was, okay, he's why do I care if he's been out of shape?
1: He's probably had a bad day. Yeah. I
0: mean, (laughs) odds are good he and his wife fought, and then his kid was late to school, and then called and said, I left my lunch in the car, Mm -hmm. and he's got to get to work, and I just happened to be in his way. Mm -hmm. So why would I take on me getting all my buddy calls Twitter pated. How, why would I get all Twitter pated about yeah. my next hour being worked up about somebody? I have no idea who they are.
1: Yeah. Well, this is like when I used to think that people's actions were like, they were doing things at me versus yeah, just right. doing things in their life. Right, like right. they're just doing it. They, they have no idea that this is even a Yeah, it's rev-
0: relatively benign in mm-hmm. the regards to, I don't know them. They don't know me. Right. So why do I take that on? Right. But in a former life, I would have been ready to throw down.
1: Oh yeah. Well, I used to reframe my kids used to love chocolate chips and they would put chocolate chips on everything. So we would <laughs> we would reframe like we would have them count them and so I would reframe it as like okay, they're they're learning fine motor skills. They're picking up their chocolate chips. They're learning counting. <laughs>
0: Only a therapist would do this and admit it. It
1: helped me feel better about feeding them chocolate chips. Okay.
0: Okay. So, maybe well, I mean, it sounds long. a little bit like helping my grandsons learn how to be potty trained and using Fruit Loops for targets. Yeah, yeah, you know? I
1: like that. Okay, That's I practical. just wanted to
0: throw the pastoral <laughs> slant on that.
1: Yeah, there you go.
0: Okay, back to...
1: So the final way to be okay, even if the world around you isn't, lies in Boundary formation. This
0: is my favorite.
1: I love boundaries. My husband says my love language is boundaries. That's what he says. So if you notice, a reframe takes the picture we've been given and creates these kind of lines around it, right? It holds yep, it in, yeah. it holds it together. And when we set boundaries around what we choose to fill our minds and our homes and our hearts and our time with, we are essentially saying, yes, I'm acknowledging what is happening, but I do have an element of control on how much of it I let into my world yeah, and yeah. in what capacity. Um, we can all do something. We don't have to do everything. So, Mm. you know, my heart has been absolutely broken for the children in Ukraine and everything going on there. But I know myself and I know if I watch too much media about it as an empath, I'll become overwhelmed with despair. Um, My kids are aware of what's happening as well. And so they chose to do this neighborhood bake sale or lemonade stand to help support Ukrainian kids. Will it solve all the problems? Of course not. But... Research shows that a key element of thriving in crisis, and I think we can agree that we're in crisis times no in doubt. a lot of ways. One key element that distinguishes people who come out of it thriving versus people who come out of it a bit traumatized is the ability to find meaning. Yeah. So what is within your realm of control? How can you find
0: meaning? Yeah, a, f- a friend of mine, his uh, his father-in-law... Was one, at one time in the top ten wealthiest men in America, mm-hmm. and he w- he started off as a football coach, and wound up being a multi-billionaire. Huh. And what was interesting was he had one saying that I, I have tried my best to to figure out how to live it, and that is. All you could do is all you can do and all you can do is you is usually good enough.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's a huge you know? that's so important. So
0: it might be worthwhile to recognize that what what might be some hindrances to discovering that purpose that keeps us moving forward and mm-hmm. how how do we, like you say, with empath looking at something and trying to own it, knowing you can't. Uh, I found that there are in, in elementary terms kind of three things. That can hinder us Mm -hmm. from moving forward. One one of them we talk about all the time: certainty, Mm -hmm. right? The need for stability and predictability is one of our deepest human needs. Yeah. But you know, routines help us conserve mental energy. They 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 help us stay in our comfort zones. That can keep us from feeling anxious and getting hurt and emotionally and physically. Yeah, absolutely. But But it can also prevent our growth. Right. You know, it it keeps us in. Unfulfilling jobs or unhealthy relationships, mm-hmm. and it prevents us from finding this purpose that allows us to keep keep everything in check.
1: Yeah, because we're so locked in in what we think it should be based right. on the certainty versus what it could be. And the
0: further we are away from it, the more certain we seem to be about it. Hmm. That you know, that's that's challenging. Mm-hmm. But also, I see that limiting beliefs are brutal. Yeah, you know, the the stories that we tell ourselves about who we are can hold us back, or they can propel us forward. But limiting beliefs that we're not good enough, that we don't deserve to be happy or fulfilled, I mean, these, these limiting beliefs, they, they fuel fear of failure. or They they fuel self-sabotage. I mean, a truth that I really hope our listeners can hang their hat on today is we can indeed change our lives and cope with all of the weirdness in the world, mm-hmm. because we don't have to be certain about all of it. Mm-hmm. We don't have to fix it all, nor is it within our our grasp. Yeah. But we can fix us.
1: Right.
0: We, we can adjust us. We can do, have, and be as we think. So I, I encourage you, believe that. And purpose follows that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sometimes I think we chase after purpose, but when we we choose to do and to have and to be as we think and we learn to think and let this neuroplasticity happen within our souls with that plastic brain, if you will, Mm -hmm. purpose seems to follow that.
1: Yeah. You, you know? live into Grotz And then call. also
0: I, I think sometimes we forget that we were created for purpose.
1: Yeah.
0: I mean it's there. We we find it so much more easily when we drop our certainty of what we believe to be true and cease the limitations that there might be a better way.
1: Hmm. To believe that there might be a better way. Yeah. Yeah. I
0: mean it's it's purpose allows us to remain hungry, humble, and helpful.
1: That's a great sermon. Yeah
0: it is. Hungry to grow, humble. In that we all need help to do so, and helpful to serve others, mm-hmm. because w- when we are, when when we decide in our in our mind, I want to grow, mm-hmm. I, I believe we can move forward. I I can I can control my little sphere. Right. Humble in that I need help to do that, yeah. both from a divine sense and from those around us. Sometimes it's with a therapist.
1: Yeah, it's okay right? to reach out.
0: And then helpful in the sense that one of the ways that I can help people around the globe is to help people in my backyard. Uh-huh. And so we really can have a degree of engagement with the world by engaging first with ourselves,
1: uh-huh.
0: with our family,
1: uh-huh. and,
0: and with those just in our community. Yeah. And sometimes I feel like rather than staying so focused on what's happening 6,000 miles from us, yeah. We might need to be concerned about what's happening 600 feet from us.
1: Yeah, especially if there's a tendency to get so fixated on yeah. what's happening yeah. around the world that we lose sight of what we can control that's within our realm and within our sphere. And, you know, as a therapist, check even without the wars between nations, the inflation and family illnesses, I have this, this honor of daily listening and holding the painful parts of people's stories. And as much as I absolutely love it, sometimes... Even for, you know, for me, it does feel like a lot. Yeah. And it's in these moments that I remind myself when my part in the world seems heavy, Julie, don't quit, just rest. Right. And I say that to myself all the time because there is this tendency when we get overwhelmed to want to just kind of check out. But maybe we just need to rest. You know, being engaged in a broken world with a whole heart, it takes a lot of energy, but it also takes boundaries and discernment. Um, I think sometimes we need to rest and then return the next day or Mm -hmm. week or month refreshed. And right. we're staying rooted in the love of God and loving others in the midst of difficult seasons. It just requires
0: rest. So there, there is something highly spiritual about rest.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, the, the whole concept of be still,
1: mm-hmm. know
0: that he is God, yep. know that you are not. Yeah. And it's uh, important part. Yeah. And it's, it's a pretty cool concept, but it's, but it's something we Americans don't do well. Right to stop and contemplate, to yeah. stop and realize my, my capacity, my borders, my boundaries, to recognize that sometimes the, the, the beauty of like the Christian life is that I can be on the front lines in Ukraine as I pray for them in the mornings. Mm-hmm. I, I can be on the front lines of whatever racial tension there is by simply being gracious and kind.
1: And a learner with yeah. the people in your own life asking you I, I questions.
0: I cannot be a part of a, a political just free-for-all mm. when I suspend my certainty.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, there's so many things that in our world to cope with all of the weirdness in the world.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It just feels like it's both spiritual and highly therapeutic.
1: Yeah, and practical. To
0: stop, rest, really think that, okay, yes, gas prices are ridiculous, but they are. Right. And so does it really change anything today to try and point blame at somebody about it? Yeah. Because I still have to put gas in my car Mm -hmm. and I still have to drive home. Mm -hmm. And for me to point a finger at anything or anybody doesn't change the fact that I'm still buying $4.29 a gallon. Right. Which in retrospect sounds better than if I were living in California.
1: Yes. Right. (laughs) That's a reframe check right there.
0: Yeah. Honestly, folks, from from Julie and I both, one of the things that we want to encourage you is, yeah, we affirm that the, the world's on fire, mm. that there are great challenges. But I think the truth of it, Julie, is that every generation has had this. Mm-hmm. We just know more about it now. Yeah. And the, the world has always been on fire.
1: Mm-hmm. In different ways and different yeah. seasons.
0: And from now until the end of the world, it's going to stay that way. Mm-hmm. How we discern... And determined to be a part of a solution. Yeah. Starts with us. Right. And and then you really do have the opportunity to create some change in your family, in mm-hmm. your community. Because nothing is more attractive than a person that is under control.
1: Yeah. Mother Teresa said, if you want to change the whole world, yeah.
0: go home and love your family. There you go. Because m- my children and my grandchildren... The last thing they need is another voice of their father and grandfather just echoing whatever you've heard on your favorite news outlet, mm-hmm. as opposed to, I love you, yeah. I'm for you, how do I help you succeed? But let's, let's be a loving, gracious family. Mm-hmm. Let's love people. This is, I mean, think about it. Jesus had to say to his disciples, I'm giving you a brand new way of doing life. Yeah. Go love one another. Yeah. So it's not like in the first century people had it figured they didn't out either. Get it either yeah and we're still wrestling with this concept okay just go love one another mm-hmm. and then when when Jesus is asked most important thing in the world yeah more than ukraine more than gas prices more than inflation more than racial tension more than homicide rates jesus says love god with all your heart mind and soul oh yeah go love others in the same with the same capacity mm-hmm. and love them the way you should love yourself Mm-hmm. and then he says, all the other junk in the world falls underneath that. Go go fix that, which means I can't fix Ukraine. I can't fix Russia. I I can't fix gas prices, but I can fix me.
1: Yeah, and once once we do that, then I think we are in a place of wholeness so that we can yeah. contribute to our communities and the world around us from a place of wholeness.
0: So yeah, we'll wrap up with, with this quick story. I, I Because I don't do parties well, like it just you, I,
1: you are the party check. No,
0: I'm not. I, <laughs> I, I I do not do parties well, you know. So and part of that is because like when I have my stress behavior, I wanna escape. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of forced into going to this community gathering last week, right? And the guy sitting next to me around the fire, you know, everybody's got their glass of wine and a cold <laughs> beer and you know the whole thing. You yeah. know, you know how these gatherings it's are social right. Social world. Yeah, yeah. And this guy is going off politically. I mean, Mm -hmm. like he's just totally unhinged. Mm -hmm. Right. And to the degree that is, I just want to walk away. Mm -hmm. So, uh, I, I took your reframing thought. (laughs) So I look at this fella and I say, Hey, is it not cool that Georgia won the national championship or what? Mm -hmm. And it's right in the middle of his rant Mm -hmm. and he just stopped. And all of a sudden he was ranting about that.
1: If you want to rant, you'll find something to rant about.
0: (laughs) So after about three of those rants, I literally looked at him and I said, man, you know what? It's been great sitting with you. (laughs) And I got up and walked over to another guy that I saw sitting by himself. Mm -hmm. And we just sat down and had the most pleasant conversation. Sometimes (laughs) the best thing to do is just walk away. Yeah. You know, because I needed to be in a healthy emotional space before I could be any good for anybody.
1: Yeah. Yeah,
0: that's true. So, uh. Have you got anything else you want to say about this?
1: I think you covered it,
0: Chuck. <laughs> wow. I think okay. Goes. Just again for our listeners, that is Julie speak for it's time to wrap up. I'm hungry.
1: No, I have. So, a, I have a counseling session in one minute.
0: Oh well, Julie's going to run, and I'm just going to be the nice one that says thanks so much for listening to the Positive Talk Podcast.
1: Chuck's the nice one. <laughs>
0: okay. Well, that, that was oxymoronic. Now that I think about it. But you can find out all about us at positivetalkpodcast.com, and please follow us on Instagram at positivetalkpodcast. God bless you. Go in peace.
1: Go in peace.
0: Unbelievable. (laughs) Thanks again for joining us for this week's episode of the Positive Talk Podcast. Julie and Chuck will be back next Thursday with another positive conversation as they merge faith and psychology. Have a great day, and as always, go in peace.